Hi, and welcome to the Midlife Feast, the podcast for women who are hungry for more in this season of life. I'm your host, Dr. Jen Salib Huber. I'm an intuitive eating dietitian and naturopathic doctor, and I help women manage menopause without dieting and food rules. Come to my table, listen and learn from me, trusted guest experts in women's health, and interviews with women just like you. Each episode brings to the table juicy conversations designed to help you feast on midlife. And if you're looking for more information about menopause nutrition and intuitive eating, check out the Midlife Feast community, my monthly membership that combines my no-nonsense approach that you all love to nutrition with community so that you can learn from me and others who can relate to the cheers and challenges of midlife. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Midlife Feast, which is going to be a little different, actually very different than how we've done every other episode. Um, So my guest today is actually somebody who you don't actually know, but actually knows a lot about all of you, because Deanna is my podcast editor extraordinaire. I don't know what else to call you, the podcast everything. Um, But you're going to actually be asking me questions today. So welcome, first of all. Thank you. (laughs) So excited to be here. Um, Okay, so let's get into what these little bonus episodes are all about. So about two weeks ago, I put out a questionnaire to my newsletter and to people on social media asking, how can I help you make menopause nutrition feel easy? And I was blown away and overwhelmed and pleasantly surprised by how open and honest people were about what they really need and really specific. And so even though there was two questions on this questionnaire, one was just a checkbox one, almost 50 people actually commented with very specific questions. So I wanted to do my best to answer as many of those as I could and thought that doing them as a podcast instead of like a live or in a story on Instagram Mm -hmm. or in a blog post would be a fun way to connect. And since Deanna turned 40 this year um, and, (laughs) and is still very much in the early days of mothering um, with two (laughs) relatively younger children compared to my teenagers. Yes. um, But we thought it would be fun to have kind of you ask me some of these questions. Yes. It's my honor. Yeah. I love, I love what they came up with too, because I think a lot of people are asking these questions. So just to put it out there, it's so good. So, okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. This first one's a little bit, a little bit heavy. Um, but I, I think a lot of people feel this way. Um, it's more of a comment and it, she just expressed like, I wish I could make myself only eat as much food as my body actually needs and not one calorie more. Hmm. Yeah, when I read that one too, I thought, oh my goodness, how often has have we all felt that way? Mm-hmm. Because knowing the idea of knowing exactly how much we should eat, I think is part of the illusion that mm-hmm. diet and wellness culture have created for us. This idea that we can know exactly how much to eat, we can calculate it down to like the calorie that we can track and measure and count all of our food to a de- high enough degree of accuracy that we could actually get those numbers to meet up. Mm-hmm. But I think that that really is an illusion because the calculations that we have to estimate 
estimate being the key word, how many calories or how much energy we need are flawed. There Uh are some more accurate ways, but those are really only accessible in like a lab setting. Uh So when we're taking someone's height, when we're taking someone's, you know, estimated activity level, they're just estimates. Uh So the number that you think you're shooting for probably has a 10, 15, 20% margin of error. And it's also going to depend what you're doing every day, how much you're moving, how much you're sleeping, what else is going on that influences your body's needs. So the way that I often describe it is like, it's like the back of a watch. If you take the back of the watch off, you're going to have a hundred moving parts. One of those is food and one of those is movement. Yeah. The other parts you can't control. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that equation is, can we actually measure, can we actually trust labels? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, by law, there is a margin of error allowed. And depending mm-hmm. on the type of food, it can be up to 20%. Um, and so I know when I've seen, you know, consumer shows where they're like testing how much is actually mm-hmm. in something, whether it's supplements or food, it's never what's on the label. Right. Right. Yeah. So the idea that one, we can know exactly how much you need and two, Mm -hmm. that you can actually count how much you're eating. I think it's just, it's, it's an illusion, but I would say that really intuitive eating teaches us that we don't need to count to measure that. We can, we actually have this barometer to tell us when we're hungry and when we're full. Um, We just need to learn to listen to it. So very relatable question, but hopefully that gives a little bit of um, comfort maybe. Yeah, totally. Well, and if you think about like, you're thinking about that much margin of error and proportion to how much time and energy we spend tracking, measuring all of those things and how much brain space, that limited brain space that we have in midlife and how much it takes up and how much really could be freed up to be doing so many other much more important things it is really overwhelming. So I I think that's just important to keep in mind as well is that even if you nail it, you don't feel great. Like, so yeah, Yeah, no, and it really is all about how we feel in our bodies that matters. Um, And so I, I think that that brings up a great point that we, we think that checking all the boxes is what's going to give us the comfort and the confidence, Mm -hmm. but it's a false profit. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, um, what about this one? This one's good and practical, I feel like. Um, What are easy add-ons to meals to boost nutrition, like adding pumpkin seeds to a meal? I eat a pretty boring diet, and elaborate meals are just not happening for me. Elaborate meals don't happen for me. (laughs) Um, So I love the add-in mindset. So we always Mm -hmm. talk about nutrition by addition and not Mm -hmm. subtraction. And so I love that this person is already thinking about what can I add in. Yeah. So if everyone can kind of visualize this gentle nutrition pyramid, which is Rachel Hartley's little invention, which I use Mm -hmm. all the time um, and always try to remember to give her credit because this is totally Mm -hmm. her baby. But if you picture a pyramid and the bottom of the pyramid is adequacy. So the foundation of your pyramid needs to be, is this adequate in this moment for this meal, for what I need? Mm -hmm. Then we can, and if the answer is yes, then we can think about, okay, what can I add in? which will add the next layers, which are, you know, related to balance and variety. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about what can you add in that's not elaborate, 
I always like to ask myself, like, are there more plants that I could put on my plate? Mm -hmm. So that might be three pieces of spinach on a sandwich. It might be half a bag of spinach in a soup just because it's in the fridge and it's easy to throw in. Maybe it's adding some extra berries to a cereal. Maybe it's making, you know, mixed nuts and seeds as a salad topper or to put on Mm -hmm. yogurt or oatmeal or something like that. But I think that if you have little things that we know are nutrient dense that pack a lot of punch. And you just think like, is there an opportunity for me to add this that will actually enhance my fullness, my satisfaction? Um, Probably there's more options than we think. Like I keep, for example, like frozen edamame in the freezer um, so that I can throw that into a soup or a salad or a stir fry, Mm -hmm. or just to have as in like, we often will do rice bowls, like poke bowls at home. Um, and it's so easy to just defrost, like (laughs) cooked edamame. Mm -hmm. So I think that we sometimes overcomplicate when we're trying to make more nutritious choices, or we're trying Mm -hmm. to add to our nutrition, we think that it needs to be fancy. But as this person already says, like, that's not happening for them. So just add in, Remember the adequacy foundation and then think, is there anything that I can add that will add more balance, add more variety? And how can I make that an accessible choice without having to think about it all the time? So keeping those things on hand in a place where you'll remember them is key. Totally. I always laugh because I I love that you're like, what do you call yourself? The fearless defender of sandwiches or oatmeal. (laughs) Chief defender of oatmeal. But I, you, you love, you will ever, you will also defend sandwiches, sandwiches, sandwiches and oatmeal. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I love, to me, those are two super easy places to add in. And so I kind of just need a few wins once in a while, you know, it's just like wherever I can take those simple wins and just throwing some lettuce on a sandwich and feeling like yeah. I conquered for something, you know, like yeah. I love that. And letting go of the food rules. So somebody in the yeah. community last week um, also brought up about that they were craving, like, uh, what was it? Iceberg lettuce and Italian dressing. That uh-huh. They just had this craving for, um, or somebody in the Beyond the Scale group, actually, uh-huh. not in the community. And so because we're undieting these food rules, and of course, diet culture would tell us that, and wellness culture would say that there's no point in eating iceberg lettuce. There's no value uh-huh. to it. It's just water. And that the Italian dressing has too much, you know, sugar and that kind of uh-huh. stuff. And that we should... So anyway, she just went and she had it. She made it and it was so Mm -hmm. satisfying. And if you think about like, you know, it's a plant. Of course, it still counts. (laughs) You know, like we can can welcome back. Like there's no better crunch than iceberg lettuce. If you're looking for that crunch on a salad or a sandwich, um, yeah, make it easy. Like lower the bar. My other Mm -hmm. favorite thing to say, Um, you know, buy the pre-cut veggies, buy the bagged salad, like make it easy, make it accessible, but also just lower the bar in terms of how much and and what you think you need versus what will add to your satisfaction, what will add to balance, add variety, um, but not trying to make it kind of better than it already is. You're just trying to make it more. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So for this this one, um, I, I just feel this in my bones. Um, again, it's a comment, but there's so much in this. So, um, she says, I just need help in understanding what needs to change in my diet. I also would love to join a community to support and get support. I feel so alone and not understood. I get crickets from my doctor. I think 
I have led a productive career, faced so many challenges and pressures, made good achievements, yet this whole challenge of trying to find my way through menopause has me so lost. Thank you for all you do. Oh, yeah, I feel that one too. (laughs) Um, And this is one of the reasons why... And this had been like percolating for a few months of really just wanting to help make this easier, that this whole idea of it being hard just wasn't sitting well with me. Like it shouldn't be hard. Right. It, it It's not that it's always a walk in the park or that there's something wrong with you if it is hard, but it's just like, it shouldn't be so hard to get information that you trust, that you know to be true, that it's actually helpful it definitely shouldn't be hard to get support from your healthcare provider. Like mm-hmm. you should not be getting crickets from your healthcare provider about one. Yeah. a life stage that like half the planet's going to go through. Right. right. Um, but community comes up so often. So when I ask people at the end of most of my podcasts, what do you think is the missing ingredient in midlife? Like you've right. heard this, you know, yeah. like probably almost a hundred times now. Um, and community is really what comes up so often because we do really feel alone. So I think that finding community is obviously what I'm all about, but mm-hmm. just knowing that it's out there, knowing that you're not broken because this isn't easy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're doing the best you can with the resources that you have at the time, but that yeah. doesn't mean that you can't add to that toolbox. Right. right. Um, and if you're not getting answers from one place, look elsewhere. There's, there's lots of us out there who are trying to create this space, but start with someone that you trust, start with a place that feels like self and, you know, safe and welcoming, because I think that for a lot of these places and spaces online, especially, you know, sometimes it's a little, I think it's too hardcore. Like I feel like sometimes it's like, you know, you're joining this program. I've heard this from others who say like, I'm joining this program and oh my goodness, there's stuff I have to do like every day for 12 weeks. If that sounds great to you, fine. But what you really want is like a safe place to land that has information that is accessible on your own time. Mm -hmm. And yet also has that, you know, support either from, you know, experts or, you know, people who are trained to give that advice, but also from other people, because you can only learn so much from one person and learning from others who are in that same age and stage is equally as valuable. So of course, I'm going to mention the midlife feast community, but there are others. Um, But you know, I think that especially if you're looking for the community support and information you can trust, um, I would love to welcome this person to our community. Uh, I echo that 100%. And the thing about that one is just that it's so heartbreaking that she feels so good about so many other things in her life. And yet this is the thing that kind of is breaking her, you know, and it's so, uh, so unnecessary, you know, if, um, if we just have the right support and we can normalize our, this experience because it's very normal. And as I always say, you know, we get to this stage in our lives and feel confident about pretty much everything. Uh-huh. I feel confident going to the grocery store in pajama pants because I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I don't like there's yeah. so many things that I yeah. literally could not yeah. care less about mm-hmm. and feel super confident in that. And so many other, you know, we always hear about like, oh, you're in midlife and you have no more fucks to give and it's amazing. Yeah. Except when it comes to trusting our bodies. 100%. That is yeah. the big gap. That is yep. the big gap. So, and I'm on a mission to change that. <laughs> 
you're doing it. <laughs> okay, so that was like the first three questions. So yeah. I think we're going to stop there for this episode. And we will be back with more because we have lots of questions. And if this is something that you'd love and want to see more of, make sure to let us know so that we know to keep this ball rolling. So thanks, Deanna. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Midlife Feast. For more non-diet health, hormone, and general midlife support, click the link in the show notes to learn how you can work and learn from me. And if you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please consider leaving a review or subscribing because it helps other women just like you find us and feel supported in midlife.